Welcome, our fellow lovers of love, and thank you for joining us on yet another excursion through the stream of consciousness down the river of tranquility to fill the lake of life with love. Well, hello, lovebirds. Are you ready for another episode of the Late Night Love Podcast? This week, we're talking about all things summer and vacations, whether you're single, married, or somewhere in between. We have some <laughs> great tips and ideas for you to make the most of your summer break. We'll discuss how much the average person spends on vacation and how to save money without sacrificing fun. The 10 best destinations. Well, we won't get all the 10, I suspect. Some destinations for singles in 2023 and ideas for family. It's a list for some say staycation ideas. Don't miss it. And what do we got today, Lobby? That was, I did not write that intro, by the way. Just want to let everybody know. I read it, but the Bing chatbot wrote that. It's amazing what they can do. Just, <laughs> that just blows my mind. <laughs> I didn't actually write that. Right up down until the end, it, it, it kind of got long-winded. But I should have edited it. But still, that's actually not too bad. It didn't leave me a segue to actually go into the show, but... <laughs> You know, which is where the human element comes in. It's, it's, you know, those transitions and finding those human elements, which, of course, we always have human elements here, especially when we first start a show, because something always goes wrong. It's just the way it's just, it's just the way it, it is. It's just the way it is around here. So, you know, what is it? It's as we're recording this, it's what, Easter week? Easter is tomorrow? Easter is tomorrow, yes. So for those of you who who uh, part, partake in the religious aspect of those. You know, it's a big day. It's a big time of the year. And for those who practice it as more of a family tradition, family holiday, just a time for families to get together, it's also a wonderful time of year. So it really doesn't matter why you practice it. You know, spring is sprung, essentially, is, is what the cel Easter celebration is. Yes. Whether it's from, you know, the rebirth of of Christ or the rebirth of plants <laughs> and the animals come out of hiding and, you know, things start to happen again. And that's what the, after winter and it's been a long winter, you know, in California, we usually have mild winters. We had a lot of winter this year. So yeah, we did. We had a lot of rain this year. Well, that's the way it goes here, right? It's either feast or famine. We don't have normal winters. It's normal winters is either it's drought or it's, or it's, Flooding. We don't get. We don't. That, get, we don't. That's what we get. We don't get the middle part. <laughs> we don't get a, an average winter. That doesn't happen. Never has. I've been here fifty years. It's never happened. Born and raised. All right. So let's go right into this thing. Vacations are a uh, American tradition in many ways, but they are also necessary. You know, take a break. Unplug. Reset your life. Reset your mindset. It can become a drag. Life can become a drag. So let's... Oops. Why did I do that? Well, apparently Americans agree with you because they spend an average of $1,978 on summer vacations. That's a lot of change. That's a lot of saving... That's a lot of saving quarters and whatnot. In, yeah. In, in, so, 
but it is Americans. We somehow we love spending money, and some of this differences between the the places the spending average on vacations per year has more to do with how expensive these places actually are. Yeah, on the east and west coast, um, you end up spending more. Midwesterners don't spend as much on their vacations. Well, yeah, the economies of scale are vastly different, even though that west extends awfully west, awfully far west. But anyway, it's it's an interesting perspective on, you know, but you don't have to spend two grand on a vacation. No, you don't. We have some staycation ideas for you at the end of this before our question. Yeah, so in this one, we've got four ways to save. Well, no, wait a minute. 48% of people won't take a summer vacation. And most report it's not, it's due to not being able to afford it. Well, it's not just a, the it's affording the time off. And, you know, remember, most of the working class is young and poor. <laughs> you know, vacations are for 30, 40, and 50-year-olds, not 20-year-olds. This is the way the world works. You know, if you're a 20-year-old, 25-year-old person, you don't take much vacation time. But you're 40, you do. Just, you know. Well, you have the disposable income at that point. You also have the disposable income and the knowledge to know that it's important to unplug every now and again. If you're a a young type A, you don't really have that experience yet to know to, you know, I should be more careful with my time and my, my health. At 40 years old, you're starting to think about your health more than you are at 25. You know, at 25, you can go out, you know, go to work. Then go out and drinking and puking on your shoes and then get up three hours later and stumble back into work and then do it again. <laughs> you can't do that at 40. <laughs> it's not possible. <laughs> you might be able to do it for the day, but you're sleeping in the next day and calling out sick is what's happening. <laughs> and so, I mean, that has some... That has some to do with it, right? This the ability yes. as you get older, you have more disposable income, but you also are wiser with your time and your money and all of that. So it's, it's well, all it, you, four tips. Well, one way to save money is to make a budget and stick to it. But budgets are so boring. Sorry. And number two, book your trip well in advance. Now is not too soon. I don't know what I want to do tomorrow, let alone six months from now. Three months from now. But I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay, you can start a savings account or a vacation fund. Yeah, vacation fund, that's actually a good idea. Put your quarters and, you know, skip on a, you know, everybody laughs at that, but the idea of skipping on your Starbucks order, but that's how you start a vacation fund. Five bucks a day, you know, adds up relatively quickly. It does. And, you know, as you build momentum, you actually start adding more than five bucks a day. But it's the habit that is important to build. And let me be the first to tell everybody, I suck at that. I don't do that. It's a good idea. It's a great idea. People should do it. I just 
have never been able to be that disciplined. <laughs> so there's that. Okay, the last one is... Book your flights strategically. For those of you that are going to be flying, remember to book well ahead of time and look at the flight times and airports you'll be traveling through. Major airports tend to offer better deals. Yeah, and sometimes you have, you can get really cheap flights to kind of really strange places, but you might have to spend 23 hours in place, someplace like Vegas as a layover, <laughs> you know? But if you're okay with that, you know, it's, you can go ahead and do it. You get to spend half a day in Vegas. Yeah, it's a long travel itinerary, but, you know, don't be afraid to take those kinds of, uh, alternatives. Yes. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what else we want to move to? So we've, we've talked now, we've talked about how much people spend on money and maybe, and how to, you know, shave some, some costs off. Remember that's what, those are averages. So there's people who spend a way lot more than that. And then there's people who go on vacation and spend four or 500 bucks on a camping trip. Right. Yeah. There's the difference between, between these, that's why you get those vast differences and, and average all that and you get the average. So you find out what you want to do. You know, a small camping trip planned in advance costs a lot less than flying to Disneyland for a weekend. So, you know, balance your, your abilities with your abilities, your needs, your wants with your abilities. And you will be happier rather than always planning. I never get to go on vacation. Well, it's because you want something that's too big. <laughs> Shorten it and enjoy what you got. Shorten it, make it smaller and enjoy what you got. I think that's one of the things we can pass on. All right. So what do you want? You want to talk about vacations for singles? Yeah, we got vacations for singles. First up is Miami in Florida. Great weather and fantastic nightlife. Great beaches. It's got scuba diving, fishing, boating, snorkeling, the whole nine yards. But why would you want, I don't know, if you're young, I suppose, maybe. All right. Santorini in Greece, that makes actually more sense. Apparently they have a dormant volcano. Yeah. That's what the, it used to be a whole island, and now it's not. <laughs> okay, Buenos Aires in Argentina. Okay, I hear it's lovely. It's the Paris of South America is what it's known as. I've heard it's lovely. I don't know anything about it, but I hear it's lovely. Other than that, I mean, I've heard it's lovely. That's what I know about it. <laughs> So, well, who I can't pronounce that. Borake? Borake in the Philippines. Oh, my daughter-in-law is going to hate me for not being able to pronounce that word. My apologies. Um, Apparently, the people are nice. The weather is great, and the beaches are fantastic. So, if you're a beach person. This is the place to go. There you go. go. That's a place to go. If you're a beach person and you want, and you want to go to the South Pacific or someplace, there you go. Vegas. Vegas. 
Yeah, okay, you can do anything in Vegas, especially, and it's not just gambling. There's all kinds of stuff you can do without having to go spend your money on paying for those lights. You can pay for those lights in other ways. <laughs> you just pay for everything in Vegas. The house always wins. That's, that's Shows, food, dancing. Yeah. Just, I'm just saying, when you go to Vegas, just remember the house always it's wins. It's nightlife. Yeah. yeah. The house always wins. As long as you go into the set, you have your budget, and go knock yourselves out and have a fine time. Just don't never, ever go over your budget. Ever, for any circumstances. You got 300 to, to lose on betting, and that's the limit. Yeah, if it's if you've saved up a thousand, go ahead and knock out with the thousand, whatever it is your budget happens to be. If it's 20 bucks, which is my personal budget, <laughs> it's, it's you know, whatever it is, just stick to it because you know, okay, so if your budget's 20 bucks, you can probably go to 30 without hurting yourself too much, but still stick to your budget because you know that. 30 becomes 40, the 40 becomes 100. Okay, I think we need to move on to the family ones. Okay, because you know you're starting to get weird. I land. As a single? A single man, maybe. I don't know if I'd be a woman to go, in, to, go to Thailand. Single woman traveler. But maybe that's just me. Okay, of course, I wouldn't go to Austin, Texas as a single woman traveler either. So there's that. All right. So, okay, <laughs> so we got some great summer vacation ideas for families okay. for this year. Hershey, Pennsylvania, apparently, is the big one. I was at Hershey's, Pennsylvania as a kid. We went there. We drove across. I think we stopped when we drove across the country in the motorhome. I think that was the trip. There was a couple of times we went back east. I don't remember much about it, but I remember I went there. I was that, you know, I wasn't overly impressed, but it was kind of cool being at Hershey, Pennsylvania. Okay. San Diego, California is another great family destination. Yeah, because the weather's always nice. It's like going to Hawaii, but except there's more, you know, Actual entertainment options. You got SeaWorld there. You got San Diego Zoo. Beaches. Beaches. There's amusement parks within within reach. There's all kinds of stuff. Okay, number three is Branson, Missouri. Apparently, they have a very welcoming atmosphere, popular theme points, and family-friendly live shows unlike vegas yeah it's the theme parks you know it's just a family they've deliberately designed a family friendly multi-generational environment and i think that's kind of their niche okay miramar beach florida oh look at those a picture of white sands there's another beach place so if you if your family likes the beach, there you go. Yeah. Dollywood, there's another. She has a theme park. Yeah. Okay. She has a resort and spa. Four stars. I've never personally been interested in Dollywood, but I get it. Okay. I can get Apparently, it's very kid-friendly. 
Yeah, no, I, I I have no doubt. There's probably lots of educational opportunities for kids as well. I, I have no doubt that it's, <laughs> that, you know, she's very concerned and it's clean and orderly and uh, it'd probably be a wonderful thing. I just never thought of personally of going to Dollywood. Going to Dollywood. That's, yeah, yeah. That's all. It's, I'm not dissing. I'm just saying it wasn't a, it was never a personal consideration. It's probably wrong for me to think that if I'm ever in, where the hell is it? Where is Dollywood? Pigeon Fork, Tennessee. We'll have to go and ride the roller coaster. If I'm ever in Tennessee, I'll have my, my friends take me over to Dollywood. Cool. It's, it's, you know, it's like I've known its existence. I just never contemplated it as an actual spot to go. <laughs> well, Tennessee is a bit of a drive, babe. Oh, this is true. I'd have to fly. But I have friends in Tennessee now, so that I actually have reasons to go. So, all right. Park City, Utah. Yeah, more family-friendly act activities. Yeah, so that's... It's, if you're outdoorsy, this is for you. Yeah, and Utah's a beautiful place. And then you're kind of starting to get to, the, like, or let's go run through the last couple real quick. Universal Studios, they're kind of, you know, the Walt Disney World. What's the next one? Back to Vegas. I mean, some of these are repeated, <laughs> repet repetitive. Now, Yellowstone's is, is a trip everybody should try to make once. To see the, um, yeah. to see the geysers. Yeah, it's not even necessarily to see the geysers, even though, of course, if you're going to go, you might as well do that. But it, it's to see, you actually can kind of see how small we are as human beings on the world. You know, it's just how big and unstoppable the world actually is. Mother Nature actually is. And then we were just kind of here by their by her blessing. Okay. Okay. Now, <coughs> I also included, I don't know if we're going to get to all of them, so you might want to check out our website, latenightlove.us. Oh. We have the ultimate guide of staycation ideas. Look at me. Because as we already stated, we... um. 48% of people are not going to be taking vacations this year, so. But you need a break. Need a break? Yeah, so take, you need to unplug. And some people can't unplug at home. So if you have to just completely unplug, right? Because it's hard to unplug at home sometimes. It's hard to break out of, you know, like, kind of go mop the floors. Even on your day off, you do something around the house. And so if you need to, go unplug. It's not a bad thing to unplug completely. And one of the first things you can do is stay the night in local ho uh, uh, a local hotel. I'd say you have to stay at least two, two days. Just staying a night in a local hotel, you check in as early as you can, but you still got to get out of there by 10. You're not actually enjoying the hotel experience at a five-horse. You have to have two nights at least so you can stay the whole thing and get a whole experience that's a good idea maybe even a three-day one save up your pennies that would be my my thing there's some wonderful airbnbs yeah no 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 go to the hotel to get the whole 
people waiting on you. Save up your things and get the whole kit and caboodle. Airbnb, they wait on you. Too. No, they don't. Yeah, wait they do. They have great food. If you're into food, you can find some Airbnbs who give. <laughs> Who have some really wonderful I mean, menus. What the hell are you talking about? Airbnbs, you go rent a house and people make you, they charge you to clean up and. and no, and no, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. But you're not talking about Airbnb. Oh. <laughs> you're talking about something else. Airbnbs where you go, like the house across the street, that's an Airbnb house. They ain't getting no catered food or nothing over there. Well, it's like a, it's a house that people live in. A bed and breakfast. And the, yeah, like a bed and breakfast. Yeah. 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 That's what you're thinking is a bed and breakfast. Oh, okay. Not an Airbnb. Airbnb is like the house across the street where people come and they stay for a little while while they're working at the hospital. And there's no, yeah, it's just an empty house. Well, furnished house, essentially. Short-term furnished house rental. That's what Airbnb does. Sometimes for vacations, sometimes for you know, temporary workers. But... You're thinking of the bed and breakfast where you go and they have people take care of your, like a spa or the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, no, that's a good idea too. <laughs> Especially if you're women. Men don't, aren't more into that kind of thing. But, you know, if you makes your wife happy, man, shut up and go and do it. It'll have, have some fun with it. It'll be all right. <laughs> okay. Our ne the next suggestion is take an art class. You can find some online too. Well, also you can, there's, there's community centers and stuff that actually have very inexpensive classes and, and things like that. I'm not sure what that's got to do with the staycation, but. So you can check it out on your vacation. Okay. On your staycation. Okay, have your own film festival at home. I vote for a running of the uh, Lord of the Rings. You forgot the kayaking or canoeing. Oh, kayaking or canoeing. Hiking, whatever, fishing, volunteer in your community. Spend some time breaking your uh, your routine. Unplugging from work, unplugging from your stresses, and do things that make you feel good. Whether it's heading to the park and going for a walk, or what's the next one? See a local performance. Go to the local community theater, B Street Theater. Give them some support. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Go on a beer crawl. They, if you're not into beer, they have food crawls. That kind of thing, yeah. Picnic, if you're into those kind of things. Farmer's markets, if you're into that. But anyway, spend some time breaking out of your routine, doing something different. And these are things that we give these type of advice all the time. And we suck at taking them. <laughs> have, a have a household cookie swap. Break out your craft box or go to the local craft store and pick up a craft to do. Yeah, so just fill your time. Other than how about taking the time to read that book you always meant to read? Uh huh. Now, there's one thing on this list I disagree with. What? On number 17, it says get your DIY on and refresh a space in your home. No, no, no. The idea is to unplug completely from that kind of stuff. Well, some people think it's fun. If you thought it was fun, it'd be done by now. 
<laughs> I'm just saying. Don't do it. Unplug from that kind of stuff. That'd be my suggestion. I, that's what happens too far often, and then you don't actually. You're not actually unplugging from your life. You're just modifying, superficially modifying part of it. So go off and do something else. You know, go to do it. Go to a sporting event you wouldn't normally. There go you to. go. Go see your crooked nudge. Yeah, go to a water park or something. Then go take your grandchildren to a water park. That's actually a good idea. Um, you know, go to a tasting in your own home. Yeah, there's all kinds of festivals and events happening in, if not in your town, towns and cities around. During the summertime, yeah. And spring too, right? The spring is when stuff starts. Stuff is start starting right now. So now's a great time to start thinking about these things and and planning your planning your events and saving your pennies and and stuff shaving off i could look at stop buying so many candy bars and sodas at the vending machine Uh, (laughs) (laughs) you know stop that put that stuff see no i'm not i want to go buy a soda no i'm going to put those 225 or whatever it is in in piggy bank and at the end of the month i'll have 100 bucks or whatever it is to to put towards Taking the grandchildren to the water slide or something, right? Yes. You'd be surprised how far those kind of little things go. Okay. Never forget summer's made for swimming. Yeah. Mini golf is always good for a for a family event. It's because it's just kind of fun. You don't have to take it seriously. It doesn't matter. Well, except for you. Do you take mini golf seriously? You take everything else seriously. I play to win. Oh my God! It's mini golf for the love of God. It's golf. It's competitive. It's no. It's mini golf. It says it right in the title. There's points. You see what I have to live with, people. You're hearing this. I just want to point that out. You're the world's worst winner. All right. So do we have anything you else? You just don't like the dance. Yes, I like the visit a local farm and pick fruit or flowers. I think that's a very summer thing to do. Yeah. So what other things? If we had, okay, we can put all this stuff away for a minute. We got a couple minutes before we move on to our next topic. If we had, I don't know, four or $500 for vacation this summer, what would we do? I would want to go camping because we'd both enjoy it. But if I had $500 and I, what I would want us to do would go to a spa. And we get the couple's full body massage and the mud pack and the honey facial and the scientific hair brushing, maybe a little, a little highlights. Can done. I say like you and your sister instead? Do I have to go Manny this thing? <laughs> you'd love be you you love it. You'd oh, you'd love how you know how much I love people I don't know rubbing all over me. You just love how much I, I like that. <laughs> no, when you're all done. What do you mean when I'm all done? When you're done, when you're all polished and buffed you just feel like a million bucks no i'm gonna feel creepy is what's gonna happen with people yeah yeah i get all the wiggies thinking about it i got the willies thinking about it you're driving me crazy over here 
I can pay you one of your daughters or your sister or something to go. Maybe that might be better. <laughs> do I have to but go? But that's not something we can do together. What's that? Hey, 500 bucks. By the time we sign up for a class, we're both interested in, co- in at college and buy the textbooks and all the supplies and everything else. That would be 500 bucks. Who the hell's going to be stupid enough to send me to college again? No, to go do something we like, like a, I don't know, a glass blowing class or history, some kind of history. Oh, I just argue with the professors. I, th- I think we're setting you up for failure on those ones. <laughs> These professors don't know history. You just want me to argue with professors, don't you? That's what it is. I find it entertaining. <laughs> I could go take, uh, what is it, photo appreciation again. Okay. I slept through it the first time, so I should, could, it would be a whole new experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't go to that class. It was boring. You know, it, it's, what does it call it? Antiphasia? Antiphasia is where you don't see pictures in your head. And so it's hard for me to appreciate things you can't recall in your head. So. Anyway, yes, we'll talk about that. We'll figure something out. But for now, we're going to move on and talk about relationships. I think you've got listed first here. I have relationship questions. Yes. Okay. First, we're going to start out with how do I, 38 male, reassure my wife, 34 female, I'm not having an affair with my assistant, 24 female at work. Apparently, Whenever he talks about the assistant, the wife rolls her eyes and makes a snarky comment. Well, then don't talk about the assistant to your wife is your first clue. Just don't. I mean, it's kind of awkward because you want to want to talk about your work life and stuff, but she clearly doesn't want to hear it. So don't talk about it. That's the first start, but you can't reassure her. She's feeling insecure. She's what? Pushing 40. It's a rough time of her life at the moment. And you're spending eight hours a day with this young 24-year-old thing. And she's feeling naturally insecure. So do things that make her feel more secure. Like you did back in the days when you were courting her. Bring her flowers. Just give her some extra attention. That's all you can really do. Don't go over the overboard with it because then she's going to think you're covering stuff up and it creates it. But just, you know, small things. Just give her a little bit of extra attention. Things will work themselves out. That would be my guess. Yeah. Stop talking about her. Yeah. That's yeah, just, just, you know, and she'll adapt. But on the other side is you do. You want to start giving her more care and attention that she needs. That's, she, she needs more love and attention right now, so give it to her. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. A friend of a friend made it clear he wants to pursue my girlfriend, 30, 50, but I, 34 male, wasn't made aware of it. He approached us at a wedding and once to continue hanging out with us. How do I let them know I'm not comfortable with it? 
okay, this guy saw this woman, okay, uh-huh. she's 30. It was love at first sight. He was struck by lightning. Uh-huh. And he was introduced by a friend of theirs. Uh-huh. So she goes to this party. This guy who wants her is there. The boyfriend who's writing in had no idea about any of this. And the guy came up, and they're all friendly, and he wants, hey, let's hang out. Then he finds out he wants her. He's he's there to pursue her and take her. And how does he back out of all of this is what he wants to know. Well, one, you have to deal with, first, you you get to decide who you hang out and spend time with. So it's, you just tell people, no, you don't even have to give an explanation. Really don't, don't give it more power than it has. But two, it's the conversation with your girlfriend. That's the actual relationship you have to worry about. It's not him, it's her and you. Is there fertile ground in the relationship or not? Is your relationship solid if or not? If the relationship is solid, then his intentions are meaningless. Doesn't mean you want to spend time around him. It's just his intentions are meaningless. So don't focus outward. Focus inward. That's good advice. But you do get to say no. <laughs> you know, you don't have to go hang out with anybody. And it's perfectly acceptable for you to say, no, we're busy. Thank you. And just go on about your life. Now, if you're in the same friend circle and you go out a lot, my question is why you're all going out that much when you're 30s. But that's a whole nother question. Okay. (laughs) Okay. That's another issue. Okay. My 22 female boyfriend, 23 male boxed up my video games to give away to his work charity drive. How do I get my video games back? He he had been bugging her that she played video games too much. Well, that's a reversal of the normal course of action, isn't it? Yes. But the issue is fundamentally the same. You, that's not the choice you get to make. And... What you could actually do is you could call the charity and say some of this stuff were given up on accident and, you know, and see if you can get them back that way. But the bigger issue isn't actually your video games. The, the bigger issue is, is that you have a relationship where you guys aren't respecting each other. You're not on the same level of, of a relationship. That's the bigger issue. Who wants to be in a relationship where someone's going to pack up your video game because they think it's a good idea? That trick doesn't work with alcohol. You think it's going to work with video games? It's just, it's a toxic trait. I should pack up your weed. I should pack up your weed. No way, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. So my question is, is that's not a stable relationship. So you've got bigger issues than the, the video games, right? I get that you're attached to the video games. It's re- reasonable. You know, that's part of who you are at this stage. 
so but the bigger issue for me is that's not a healthy relationship so okay okay 21 female 22 male my boyfriend broke up with me because my latino family is quote unquote crazy i don't think so how can i tell well <laughs> it's not crazy is based upon your perspective on these kind of things crazy right well, it, let's just say your latino family is colorful we'll, we'll move from the word crazy and we'll switch to colorful okay <laughs> They have a lot of personality. Yeah, there's a lot of personality involved, right? We're assuming they're not, you know, crime lords or something. They're just the personality, right? Yes. And you have someone who is from a different culture that will shall we call is more reserved. Yeah, you're going to have a culture class. And sometimes those culture clashes can be worked through and sometimes they can't. Now, sometimes we don't find out our family is crazy or toxic until we go out into the rest of the world. And so it's entirely possible that your family is a little toxic. It is, you know, not healthy to be around. And it's hard to know that when that's all you've known. And so what's the truth? The, the truth is probably the first one, but that second one isn't out of the realm of possibility. It happens all the time. So... Maybe a little bit of both. It's entirely possible. But, you know, what's toxic to one person is healthy to another, it, culture and families and whatnot. So my suspicion is it's just a culture clash and he can't work through it. And that's okay. You're 21, 22. There's no reason to have locked yourself into a relationship. That's just one of those things that happen in relationships. It's okay. It's a perfectly normal part of life. You move on. It sucks, and you're going to cry, and you're going to eat your ice cream, and in a couple of weeks, you're going to get to go through the stages of grief, and all that's true, and all of that's real and relevant, but it's okay. You're 22, 21. You have a whole life ahead of you. Just one of those things. Okay. Okay. We're on we to... have parenting. Woohoo! Parenting. Yay. How to get a four-year-old to understand it doesn't have to be dark outside to go to sleep. He's never going to understand it. It's light outside. Why should I go to sleep? Of course, he's four, so he's. it doesn't matter if it's dark outside. He's still not going to want to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> he's just using the light as an excuse. So, you know, and four is a difficult age because they're shifting from being, you know, really needy uh, and really needing your attention and kind of shifting to some level of more independence. And it's difficult to know when their bedtime should be at, at four. So the only thing I tell would tell parents at that age is make sure the bedtime is for them, not for you. And if you're sending them to bed because everybody has to go to bed and get up in the mornings and everything works, it's one thing. If you're sending them to bed because you just want to have a couple hours, extra hours of peace before you go to bed, you may have to push his bedtime back a little bit because that's what parents do. But the bedtime is an ever-evolving thing. So it's just one of those. It never ends. At 14, you're going to have the same, the same issue. The same issues. So, yeah, yeah, 
just learn to accept that, that bedtime is an ever revolving thing. And, and at four, I can understand it. He's just going to have to accept it or not. <laughs> yeah. Don't try to reason with him because there's no, you, there's, the reason is I said so. Sometimes that is the reason. Children have to know that on occasion, as long as you don't do it so often, you know, you don't have to understand why I'm telling you to do things. You just have to do it. It just works out that way sometimes. Okay. Okay. Would you let a six-year-old choose their own room decor? Yes, I would, within reason. I mean, second you put a qualifier, they aren't choosing their own decor. No, the answer is no. You can give them the illusion of choice. <laughs> you can work really hard to give them the illusion of choice, and I am all for it. But the answer is no way in hell do you give a six-year-old the ability to decorate their own room. <laughs> you may let their creativity and incorporate it into the thing, and great, I'm all for that, right? But they don't have the – they're sick. <laughs> Why can't they pick the color of the paint of their room? Because what if they choose black? Why can't they have it black? Because you know how hard it is to unpaint a black room? No. Maybe you have it in an apartment. You know, because everything that has to be done has to be undone. <laughs> And at six, they're going to undo it in six months. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there's reasons, you know, if not six months a year, they're going to do it in something and they're going to want to move on to something else in a year or whatever. So you put limitations, you give them an illusion of choice, you give them input and you incorporate that rationally into the thing. But no, they don't have to, they're six. Why would you be, that's a silly question. <laughs> you as a parent you, you let them help their creativity but you guide it you don't hand them the keys of a ferrari you right that's why you buy them the little toy cars that can only go two miles an hour and then at worst they hurt your ankles when they run into you there's a reason for these things <laughs> okay okay Daughter seven, obsessed with her appearance. I was expecting this as a teenager. Isn't she too young for this? No, not really. Seven, huh? Now she'll and still ebb and flow. It, it's just she's obsessed with this for now. So it'll ebb and flow. She'll get tired of it and go on to something else, and then she'll come back to it. <laughs> and then, but yes, it is probably a sign that you are going to have uh, issues to deal with. Appearance issues to deal with. She's older, would be my guess. It's there's probably a trait under there that's revealing itself, and it will come up and up more often as she approaches those teenager. And she, it may benefit her, right? She may maybe she's the next fashion designer. Who knows? So don't squash it, but don't worry about it either. Okay, but do watch because sometimes it can become twisted right end up with eating disorders and that kind of thing so watch it but no she's not too young and it's perfectly normal 
Okay. I just organized my daughter's first play date. How do I make it a success? Well, toddler play dates are pretty easy. You know, you have some toys, you have a snack, you read a book, you play music, watch a short video, and there you go. I, don't, I had boys. They just had their friends come over, and they went off and did things. And <laughs> Didn't have to organize Jack, boys. <laughs> just, and by the time my daughter was around, you know, she already knew how to just go off and do things by the time. So it was never an issue. Didn't have to worry about it. Uh, of course, we never organized play dates. Then I remember. Of course, my mother may have organized play dates that I wasn't aware of. I was working a lot during those days. We had, I had, uh, I had, uh, when my, my oldest two girls, I did Girl Scouts with them. I even did uh, kindergarten brownies or daisies. And um, that, no, that's preschool. You can get into daisies. And with my, but younger, I did, um, with my youngest daughter, through our church that we were attending at the time, there was some. There was another mother there who was looking for someone to go to the park with on a weekly basis. So we did that for a for a, a, a whole summer. It was nice. Yeah. So there's some mostly just be yourselves. Be prepared to occupy the time of the children in some form if they need it. But their children, they really don't need a lot. To no, they don't. Have a couple of games in your back pocket for an emergency. Yeah, yeah. You know, if they get tired and start to fight, you know, then it's, you know, it's time to think. So <laughs> these things generally, but they also generally work themselves out too. Their children, they get over these things really quickly. Parents worry more about it than children do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. We have some more questions. Uh-huh. Workers, did you ever get pranked by your coworkers when you were new? Well, yes, coworker, new workers get cranked. They get sent for the hose stretcher and and things like that, or the ignition keys to the cameras. Or... In the army, I was sent to look for a gallon of prop wash, <laughs> and I went up and down the flight line into each department. And everyone would look at me gravely. No, I'm sorry. We're all out of wash. Until I did this for a couple hours until finally someone took some pity on me and said, "Hun, prop wash is the air that comes off the propeller of a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, see, this is what happens. And there's no such thing as a hose stretcher. What are you talking about? <laughs> It sounds reasonable enough, especially if you're new, right? But yeah, it's and you can't. It's it's. Um, I took it with the intent of they were welcoming me to the club. Yeah, it's a it's a strange rite of passage because all of them kind of go through it. And if that's kind of thing, it's kind of fine. You come screw you guys, and you have some fun with it, and you laugh, and you move on, right? That's kind of how most people deal with it. And it's also a test to see how you deal with those kind of things. What are you going to be like under stress? 
people want to know. Are they going to be able to rely on you? How are you going to deal with it? How are you going to cope? So it actually does have a quasi use, but it often goes too far in places like colleges and stuff where people are too young to understand. So that's where you get hazing. That's the difference between, you know, pranked and hazing is can be a fine line. All right. Okay. How do you refuse a promotion? By saying no. The power of no. It's actually quite easy. You don't have to have offer an explanation. Say no. They ask you why, because I don't want to. I like where I'm at. I don't want the stress. You can add whatever, I suppose, what you want, but you're best off just saying no. It's not what I'm looking for right now. Yeah, not all promotions are are worthy. You know, sometimes I've got half I've got a foot out the door already. Why would I want a promotion? And you don't want to tell them that. So you just say no. I'm content. So it's actually the power of no is very easy. Just say no. Okay. You don't have to there's nothing complicated about it. Okay. New co-worker acts like my mother. How do I get her to stop? Well, you're asking someone to change their personality on the top of a dime? Uh, it's not going to happen. Um, but you can't manage the relationship over time. Where It's going to take some time. Yeah, yeah. And there's no way to do it, oddly enough, because you don't. there's not enough information to tell me what kind of personality she has. So you can to, to counter it, but the generic way to deal with it is to just, you know, set boundaries, tell her no, thank you, but I don't need this. She gives you something. Thank you, but no, I appreciate the intent, but no, she'll over time. She'll get it. She'll move on to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I appreciate the advice, but I don't need it. Thank you. She'll eventually. And you feel kind of rude at first, but you're not being any ruder than she is. So you're just setting your boundaries of the relationship. You have every right to do it. Just be professional and polite. You'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. Who really works nine to five? Bankers and bureaucrats. Doesn't that nobody? But do you mean who actually works a standard eight-hour day? Lots of people. It just doesn't happen. Nine. To no, five. he meant nine to five. Yeah, bankers and bureaucrats. That's it. Because he his is like from eight to six or something. Yeah, well, because hey, that needs someone with a paid lunch because there's no lunch time, and at the time that meant they weren't full time; they were part time employees. The nine to five comes from the secretaries back in the days of the secretaries. There's the, the people in the office, the, then you had secretary pools. And the people in the office would come in the first day a bunch of stuff that the secretaries would need to do. The secretaries would come in from nine to five, type all that stuff up, do all the typing and stuff that they needed to do, the transcribing, all this stuff. You know, it was different back in the day. And then they go off and it's like this secretary work and they weren't quite full-time employees because they didn't get 40 hours a week. They got 35 
that was the whole remember the whole um Dolly Parton movie. Dolly yes. Parton comes up twice today, nine to five. It's, yeah. It's the whole secretary pool thing. That's where it's from. Because factory workers, factory workers worked eight hours a day with the lunch break. And you get paid for lunch. Union contracts. But who really works nine to five? Nobody. Actually, you know, very few people technically work nine to five. You may get some people who are on who are on salary that may work close to nine to five, but they also generally work a lot from home. So, yeah, on the phone, all that kind of stuff. All right, making sales calls at home. Okay. Okay, we have scintillating sex questions. What is the best etiquette for telling the third and the threesome it's time to go? What, are they like living together or something? No. He was very warm and friendly, very personable, very charming, and he got them, he and his wife started in this lifestyle. Uh-huh. And, but he, let's say, overly taxing on the wife, and he didn't read the signs and he wouldn't back off. Well, dude, just don't invite them again. But do you have like some open invitation or something? Those things generally work by invitation. Well, obviously they're new at this. You just don't invite them again. That's the easy one. Or for when they... Call up asking you just tell them no. We're the theory of it's easy. It's okay to say no. You have a choice, you know. Just say no. And you don't want to discuss it. Yeah, well, you can discuss it if you want. It's probably better for you calls to discuss it and say we've moved on. You know, we're no longer interested. But just say no, and just no longer invite them over. Everybody will move on. That would be my suggestion. Just up again. The basic polite no is usually the best etiquette because otherwise you're trying to send signals. And guess what happens when you try to send signals rather than being direct? Yeah, people don't understand. So be direct. Just say no. Okay. Okay. How should a woman ask for sex from her husband? Well, it depends on her and her husband. Right? That's not a question any person can ask outside of the relationship there's not an easy way you know your your spouse you know the best ways to approach them and usually it's it's pretty easy yeah it's usually pretty simple hey honey i'm in the mood are you <laughs> yeah you can get a little handsy and <laughs> yeah start doing some groping there you go yeah, there's there's a hundred things. Uh, if you wanted to be subtle, you could do those kind of things, or you could be less subtle and just initiate it. Start kissing. Take his clothes off. Yeah, there's there's. So I don't know. My guess is there's some other issue. They've maybe health eight reasons they've had a long break, and so it becomes awkward to try to. And that's a harder, that's a harder uh, yeah. 
that's a harder thing to uh, overcome. So if it's something like that, then a discussion may I want to have. A discussion first, may yeah. Have first. Now, being a little handsy, a, a little uh, flirty, probably wouldn't hurt, you know, and see where it goes, even in that kind of situation. Because he may be just as desirous, but feeling just as awkward. And so someone needs to kind of smash the eyes and someone needs to take the risk to smash the eyes. And, you know, but once they actually smash, the fires may still be burning. Right. So don't be afraid to take a risk either. You're a husband and wife for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Take a little bit of risk. Just try to avoid becoming overly emotional about feeling disconnected because then it becomes something other than. Right, even though that's the reason, likely you're starting to feel disconnected and whatnot. But you know, because men tend to shut down when it becomes when they start to feel attacked, and they're going to feel attacked if you start if you start the conversation like that. So just initiate it somehow, some form, flirty, whatever. A negligee often works. Yeah. Well, again, you know you're. Your spouse. So take the risk because you clearly want to. So the risk of rejection is, is, is strong. The fear of rejection is strong. It really is. Even in a husband and wife relationship. Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do y'all brush your teeth before morning sex or just go get straight to it? Well, it all depends on what I had for dinner the night before. Well, it kind of depends. Most of the time I've had morning sex. It, you know, it's unplanned, so no. There's no hygiene involved. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, well, I suppose it depends how much you think you put thought into it. You know, suppose it also maybe depends how long you've been in your relationship. If it's a new relationship, my guess is somebody's getting up. But if you've been together 15 years, you're not going to care. <laughs> Just kind of the reality. Most people aren't going to care. We'll come across them that way. All right. Last one for the night. Okay. Does it come across as fetishizing if, as a fit guy, I specifically seek out chubby women? Um, I don't know if you call it a fetish, but it is a preference for some men to like meteor women. And why are we labeling it a fetish? Yeah, that's well, well, because there's a difference between a fetish, which is something you need, you need or strongly desire sexually, versus I have a preference for. I just find chubbier women more attractive to my eye, and it's just where I'm naturally drawn to. And there's a difference between those two things. And that doesn't actually tell us. No, it doesn't really. Okay, now if you're talking about on these website where they post pictures of him feeding her meals. That's a whole vastly different thing. Yeah. Weigh-ins and all kinds of stuff. Then we're getting into a different area. Yeah, yeah. It, so it's just if... If you seen, if you find natural women who are a little, who you find chubby, they may not actually be chubby <laughs> to the rest of the world, by the way. <laughs> I just want to point that out. 
your version of chubby may not be the version of chubby that the rest of the people are if you're a fit person. That's true. Yeah, you might be thinking of someone who's insanely fit and some normal human being, you know, who's perfectly normal, not chubby at all, who we wouldn't consider chubby, may very well be chubby to them. But just because you're attracted to someone, you like a woman with a figure rather than a woman with a, it's a stick. Some people like really skinny women. The, the, the world is a wonderful diversity. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You know, the thing is, does it prevent you from, if you have a real genuine connection from somebody who's outside that preference, are you still open to the relationship? If the answer is yes, then it's clearly, then you're clearly a good human being. It's just, if that's where your eyes just tend to go and you tend to find that more visually appearing. So that way you're more likely to uh, approach a woman who's that, but that's a perfectly natural thing. <laughs> it's so it's okay. It's okay for you to have a natural preference or an, uh, something that's naturally more attractive to you. The question is, as a full human being, is that the only, was that your kind of soul judgment? Can you get past it? If someone is, checks all the other boxes but they're skinny as a rail <laughs> just naturally skinny yeah and in fact even if that's a deal breaker it's it's, it's you know there's nothing inherently wrong with it personally i think it's limiting but yeah i'm not i don't have to live anybody else's life <laughs> so you have to live your life. And so if it's someone who's fit or a little chubby that you find attractive, if you need, you know, a few days off to take some breaks, you know, it's okay. It's okay to want to unplug from your family or your relationship for a couple of days and go sit on a mountain and contemplate. If that's your vacation, it's okay to say no, if that's what you need. We've had this just, you know, this has been a wide ranging show, but there are a couple themes. It's to take care of yourself and, you know, maybe you plan for it a little better. Guilty of not doing that here. I don't plan for it very well, just like the rest of you, but we can all work at getting better at that. And we can all work at getting, work at getting better at saying no when it suits us when it's for our own good. And with that, we are out of time. Thank you for joining with us. Thank you, Lubby, for putting together tonight's show. You can find us at latenightlove.us, all your favorite podcast networks. Maybe, I think. Well, by the time you hear this, I'll have fixed it, so it's okay. I'll get gotten caught up. And at Facebook is where you can mostly find us. You can send letters and questions to love at latenightlove.us. And from me and Lobby, have a great week. Please remember, oops, to love everybody. Good night.